The following is a paid advertisement of St. Anthony Hospital Orthopedics. References to any specific product, services, or entity does not constitute an endorsement or recommendation by St. Anthony Hospital, Carroll Broadcasting, or its advertisers. The views expressed by the host or guests are their own, and their appearance on the program does not imply an endorsement of them or any entity they represent. Welcome to the St. Anthony Hospital Orthopedic Show with Dr. Richard Godding. Dr. Godding specializes in joint preservation, reconstruction, and replacement surgery, and brings over 25 years of orthopedic excellence to St. Anthony Hospital and to the Carroll area. For more information about Dr. Godding, his practice, or St. Anthony Orthopedics, go to stanthonyhospital.org or make an appointment by calling 712-794-5536. Good Sunday morning, Iowa. It's Dr. Rick Godding, and thank you once again for spending some time with me here today. I'll give you a quick update on my carnivore diet progress. I have lost 24 pounds since January 3rd. Now, understand that that weight was about eight pounds more than I normally am because I had just gotten back from a trip to Hawaii and I ate all the uh, tasty stuff in Hawaii. Hawaii has some delicious food that is just not that healthy for you. One of my favorites <laughs> is called a loco moco, and it's a big heap of sticky rice with two hamburger patties, two fried eggs, and gravy. And I would tell you it is delicious and totally bad for you. And I ate that, and they have these things called manapuas, which are sort of sweet meat stuffed in dough, and and just and spam musubi. They have spam wrapped around rice with uh, seaweed on top, and, and anyway, so I ate all those things. So I was I was my weight was higher than it has been. So over the last year, I've been cycling back up and down between two sixty and two sixty eight. So I would eat real well during the week. And then on the weekends, I cook stuff for my kids and kind of fall off the wagon a little bit and be eating some bread and things like that. That So I finally went full carnivore, which means I only eat meat and eggs. And I know everybody's going to say, oh, what about your cholesterol? Well, what about my blood pressure? What about my pre-diabetes? I'll worry about the cholesterol later. And I really am having doing a lot of research. And there seems to be a lot of new research questioning how important cholesterol as an isolated lab really is for a healthy person. In other words, there is a lot of evidence coming out that if you are healthy and you're not pre-diabetic and you're not overweight, that maybe you don't need to go on a statin just for a number, a cholesterol number. Now, I don't want to interfere with anybody's doctor and what they're doing, but I'm just talking about for me, I'm not going to go on a statin. I'm going to get this stuff lowered through the diet. And if I get my fasting blood sugar down, my weight down, I, w- I want to lose another probably 30 to 50 pounds. Hopefully by that point, my uh, sleep apnea will be better. We'll see. And that's not a guarantee because I know thin people with sleep apnea too. Anyway, so it's working out very well. I'm not hungry. I eat whenever I'm hungry and I eat until I am not hungry anymore. And sometimes I even eat till I'm full, even though... I don't really, I just never, and I never have that. If I ate, for instance, if I had three or four pieces of pizza, ate till I was really pretty full, man, an hour after that, I would feel like total junk. So 
last night I had, uh, it's going to sound crazy, but I, uh, it was delicious and I, I'm still 16 hours later, not really all that hungry. I had two pork tenderloins, which I breaded with crushed up pork skin, fried pork skins, and then breaded it with that and fried it in lard and had two eggs on top and ate that. And I know everybody's going to think, oh man, that's crazy. There's so much fat. Well, I think that carbohydrates are worse for you than fat and protein. So anyway, that's what I'm doing. It seems to be working. We'll give you uh, some updates, but uh, I will tell you my skin is clearing up. I have some pretty rough skin behind my ears typically, and I've seen a dermatologist for it and uh, had some cortisone cream I've been putting on it now and again. But since I started this, it's really started to clear up and I just feel better. My face is less wrinkly. I feel 10 years younger. I really do. Now, some of that is probably now I'm about four months, three, three, four months into my CPAP. And so I'm getting better sleep. And I think that I probably didn't sleep well for maybe even a decade and didn't really know it. So there's a lot happening. Um, but I can tell you for sure the diet is working for me. Don't go out and tell your doctor that Dr. Godding said I should be on carnivore. I'm not saying that. I'm saying it's working for me and the carnivore and low carb ketogenic diets. The ketogenic diet has a lot of research supporting that it's able to get people off their diabetes meds and lose weight. And I mean, those are such important things. And if you lose weight, you're almost certain that your blood pressure is going to go down. Mine's going down a little bit. And I haven't checked it actually in a week, and so I'm going to check it again. But certainly getting all that water out of my body, because a lot of that weight I lost is going to be water. There's going to be some fat, but a lot of it's just going to have been water that my body's been retaining because I'm eating this bad food. And so so there is my update on that. I wanted to do a bit of a deeper dive into the arthrosurface shoulder resurfacing and I, because I've had a couple of people who still kind of aren't understanding. I want to make it super clear. The reason to do any kind of a shoulder replacement is because you have arthritis in the shoulder. Arthritis is the breakdown of the joint. So the ball and the socket have the cartilage like the end of a chicken or a pig bone. And when that breaks down, it causes pain and restriction of motion. And eventually, once you've tried everything else, the only way to deal with that is a shoulder replacement. And so we replace it with metal and plastic. There are two types of shoulder replacements in general. One is a what we call an anatomic shoulder replacement, where we take the ball and resurface it, or some people will cut it off and replace it. And then the other is you replace the socket. The reverse total shoulder is for patients who have shoulder arthritis and they have a rotator cuff tear. Or some people with just a massive rotator cuff tear who aren't doing well can get a reverse total shoulder. And there's some biomechanical reasons for that. That's a different discussion. I can do a deep dive into reverse total shoulder. I think it's a good show to do because it's becoming more and more popular. When I started doing them eight years ago, they were not very popular. And now they're almost as popular as a standard total shoulder. I think it's 60, 40, or 70, 30 now, whereas it used to be one in 50, meaning one reverse for every 50 anatomic total shoulders. And now it's more like, again, 70% anatomic and 30% reverse or somewhere in there that is done everywhere. Not, in, I'm not even talking about my practice. So 
we're going to talk about an anatomic total shoulder replacement and why I use the arthrosurface, which is a resurfacing. And because I call it a resurfacing, people say, oh, so it's not really a shoulder replacement. Well, yes, it is because we're replacing the ball side and the socket side. The big difference on the ball side with the arthrosurface, which is the brand I use, is we don't cut the head off and put a stem down. We just shave off the bad part of the bone, and then there's a set screw we put in, and it has a thing called a Morse taper on it. And the Morse taper is sort of like a, a way that you can tap one piece of metal into the other, and it locks almost as good as if it's welded. So we put the cap on and tap it on there, and then you have resurfaced the humeral head. The other design thing about the humeral side on the arthrosurface and that's A-R-T-H-R-O, arthro, S-U-R-F-A-C-E, surface. And you can go online and look at it. The other thing is it's, it's not a sphere. Most total shoulders, the humeral side is a sphere, but your, your humeral head, your normal humeral head is not. It's a couple of millimeters taller than it is wide. And so the arthrosurface actually, the component actually is two millimeters taller than it is wide. So it's much more anatomic. And by not cutting the head off and putting a stem down, I'll tell you all the reasons I think that that's better. Number one, you're preserving bone. So if you cut the head off, all that bone underneath where the head was is gone. And you also, then if you put a stem down the canal to hold that ball that you're just replacing the other one the, the, the normal bony ball, you're replacing it with metal. So you cut the head off, the bony head, and then you put a stem down into the canal and then you lock the head on there with that Morse taper that I was talking about. The, that's a standard way of doing things. But now you're digging down into, you're not just taking the head off, but then you're digging down into the, the humerus bone, down into the canal. So you're losing all that bone. I think that causes a lot of pain too. I think the patients that I do total shoulders on with the with the arthrosurface, they have very little pain. Now, the, the, the upshot of that also is if you were to ever have to have something else done, let's say you're younger and you're thinking, well, what's going to happen in 20 years? Well, with the arthrosurface, you have all that bone preserved. So if they have to go back and do something else later, you have a lot of bone stock. So I think those are all the reasons that the arthrosurface is better on the humeral side. It's, it's non-invasive. We don't take the head off. We only put a screw in. We don't, we don't take canal bone out and replace it with metal. And it has, it's longer than it is tall by two millimeters. We call that the superior to inferior uh, is longer than the anterior to posterior. So on the socket side, that's where I think the real magic happens. Now, on the socket side, every other, except there's one other shoulder that does not resurface the entire socket side. It's called an inset, and I don't use it. I think it's not as good of a design, but that's, of course, there are people that use it that think it is. So I'm not saying, you know, this is just my opinion, but I'll tell you why. So with most total shoulders, the socket side is totally resurfaced. So they'll drill some holes or cut 
into the humerus, scrape all the cartilage off down to where they get bleeding bones. So you take two or three millimeters of the entire surface off. Then they're going to cement usually. Sometimes they'll press fit it in there and they have bone bone that'll grow into the back of the prosthesis if the prosthesis has metal on the back. Now we're still talking about the socket side. And all of those things take more bone out of the socket than the arthrosurface does. And more importantly, when you resurface the entire socket, that the metal ball that is touching it is wearing that socket the entire time. And when it gets out to the edge, there's a thing called edge loading, and it can cause loosening. And so with the arthrosurface, the socket is, is we dig out a, a shallow hole and put a, a chip of plastic in the middle so it kind of looks like a bullseye, and the outer rim is your own native bone. So it becomes technically what we call a load-sharing device versus a load-bearing device. The standard surg- uh, surgery for shoulder replacement does load-bearing. So, so the metal is touching the plastic always, and all the load that goes across that joint is borne by the plastic completely. On the arthrosurface, the, 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 the rim of bone and the plastic share the load. Now the question is, is that bone going to continue to wear over time? Well, whether it's bone or it's plastic, it's going to wear over time, 100%. The reason I went to the arthrosurface is because a lot of power lifters have had arthrosurface shoulders and have gone back to powerlifting. And I know some of them that have gone back over 10 years and are still working. Now, I think most surgeons would not allow their patients to go back with a regular onlay glenoid socket and go back to powerlifting. And I, I think it is absolutely a bad idea if you have a regular shoulder replacement to go back to sports like powerlifting. However, you know, because you're going to edge load that prosthesis and it's going to loosen over time. And I am trying to find if there are other, if there are people out there who have had those in for five to 10 years and have been powerlifting or bodybuilding or whatever. I have a, I have a patient who is back doing CrossFit at a very high level. I have a lot of construction people. So, and I know I've talked to the docs down in Florida who do a lot of them, including Dr. Miniachi, who designed the components, and they've had people doing these heavy lifting for a long time. So, so, so the things about the arthrosurface that make it appropriate for patients who are going to stress it, so construction workers, bodybuilders, weightlifters, any kind of athlete, is that the socket side is load-bearing and bone-preserving. The ball side is bone preserving and it's also more anatomic insofar as the it is taller than it is wide as is your normal anatomy and because of these things there's no a hundred percent chance 100 percent chance that i would have a arthrosurface if i needed a shoulder replacement at my age or any age the other thing is the ability to get it wrong is smaller with the arthrosurface. The surgeon has to worry about so many more things when you're doing a regular shoulder replacement. You have to worry about what's called version. 
So that's the angle of the humeral head with respect to the angle of essentially the elbow joint because you're, you're trying to match the anatomy of the humerus bone. And with arthrosurface, you just look at it and it's straight on and you shoot the middle of it like a bullseye and you put the cap on. With the other one, once you take that head off, you better take the head off in the exact right angle and then once, and then you have to get it down to the exact right place. So the height of the head and the rotation of the head is something that is potentially able to be not done perfectly. Of course, that's true with any system, but with the arthrosurface, I've not seen it. It's just much more straightforward how you're doing it. You're just going, you're just basically putting a cap over the head as it already sits. On the glenoid side, again, those same things, the, the version and it's especially really the version, but also whether you're putting it high or low. Well, with the arthrosurface, I put the targeter in the middle of the glenoid, right in the square center of the socket. And I ream right there, and that's where I put it, and I can look exactly at it and make sure that it's perfect. So you can be fooled when you cover up the whole glenoid. You can be fooled into thinking you got it right when you didn't. There's lots of stuff online. You you can go look at... uh, version v-e-r-s-i-o-n on the glenoid side of the humerus and you can see lots of issues you can say you can type in humeral head version total shoulder replacement failure you know and you'll get a bunch of pictures of what happens when you get it a little bit wrong and so you just it just so these are the reasons that i use the arthrosurface because i want patients to be able to do whatever they want to do i want them to have plenty of bone stock left if something goes wrong, I mean, God forbid you get an infection. Knock on wood, I've not had a deep infection on one of these. Or if it wears out over time, you have lots of bone left to work with. With the other surgeries, there's just a lot less bone. It, when you take that stem out on the humeral side, if you have to take that stem out, you're going to lose a lot of bone because that stem is down and it's either cemented in or the bone has grown to it. And you can cause all kinds of trouble taking that out. If you need the arthrosurface taken off, you just cut the same cut that you would have in a normal shoulder replacement, and you have all that bone to work with. On the socket side, again, you're not you're not taking out very much bone. If you had to take it out, you would have all that rim of normal bone, and then you could take out the socket. You might put a little bit of bone graft in there, and you could put a new socket in there. And I just feel like it's safer. It allows you to do a higher level of activity and lift more weights. My patients have no weight restrictions. I do tell them, look, if you want to really test this thing as hard as you can, it's going to fail over time for sure, like anything else. But good form, heavy weightlifting, I think it's fine. CrossFit to a certain extent is fine. I think there are some things in CrossFit you have to just be naturally careful of and remember that you do have replaced shoulders or shoulder. So, so I just wanted to do a bit of a deeper dive on that and, and let people understand why I use what I use and what the advantages are. And it's just, it's just, to me, it's the best component. I use striker total knees and, and striker hip fracture joints and things like that. And I think that those are the best components. Uh, But I think that the arthrosurface is outstanding and it's uh, I think it's the best component for shoulders the early failure rate in the Australian registry for arthrosurface is lower than any other shoulder replacement 
and the long-term data is just coming out and showing that it's just as good. And there's data for people who are back to weightlifting on the arthro surface. So all these things are backed up by data and I'm really confident that it's the right, that's the right prosthesis for my patients. So just wanted to take you through that and let you know those things. And thank you once again for spending some time with me here and you have a blessed week, Iowa. This has been the St. Anthony Hospital Orthopedic Show with Dr. Richard Godding. For more information about Dr. Godding, his practice, or St. Anthony Hospital Orthopedics, go to www.stanthonyhospital.org or make an appointment by calling 712-794-5536.